Welcome to the Peak Performance Greatness Show. I'm Christopher Dedian, founder and CEO of Dedian Enterprises, Inc. We are committed to optimize people's performance with tools such as peak performance speaking, coaching, and consulting programs for a worldwide international community. We believe that the only difference between where you are and where you want to be is acquiring the knowledge you need and consistently utilizing that knowledge to become a peak performing individual in every area of your life. Stick around until the end of the show where we will reveal how you can become the next guest on the fastest growing inspirational educational podcast on the planet in 20 to 30 minutes. Let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Peak Performance Greatness Show. I am your host, Christopher Dedian, and today I am so honored to have Dennis L. Reed II. He is a filmmaker and entrepreneur. Dennis, how are you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? I am blessed. Thank you for asking. And then there's just so many great things that we're going to kind of talk about as you are a filmmaker and entrepreneur. But before doing so, I gave a brief description of who you are. Can you unpack that a bit more and tell us more about that? Well, I am a serial entrepreneur, actually. It's like um, I own bars, I own restaurants. I own a distribution company called Homestead with three other guys. Then I write, produce, direct movies and TV shows. That is amazing. I'm a father. I'm also a father. <laughs> uh, for people that are just listening to this audio, he looked kind of confused with the father aspect. Say, yeah, I'm a father as well. So I love that aspect. And you kind of squeeze that in at the end. And then there's so many things that we're going to unpack here. Uh, first of all, the fact that you're a cellular entrepreneur, there's a lot of things we're going to learn. And the fact that you're a filmmaker, and I know that you have some very popular movies that you have worked on from the First Lady series, the one, two, and three that I think you just uh, finished on not too long ago. Tell us how your passion of filmmaking started. How did you get into it? Was it a tough industry to get into? Let's talk about, about, uh, about that. Well, with me, it's kind of funny because I started off writing books. And when I was writing books, it was just like, it. it's funny. I think, um, I think, I think America, the elite people in America hold secrets because you, people be writing these 250 books and then they got to go out. I'm sorry. Then they got to go out and sell them. And when you could write a 90 page script and make way more money off the book, right? So <laughs> I was writing books for a long time. And then after I got done writing books, I started doing plays. And then when I started doing plays, plays was like, uh, it was iffy money. And then I did a movie called True Law. And the thing that I learned was that you may not make all the money that day, but you'll be making money during like for the rest of your life because it's all, you know, people gonna watch it somewhere, somehow, you know. So that's what I did. It was like the best thing I ever did in my life other than I have my kids. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So essentially you brought in something that can be high level passive income, like you said, films. And from there, you'll be able to promote that film with the approach that it has to then afterwards sell the book and not the other way around. And it demands less work on the writing part, like you said, from like a 250 page book towards a 90 page script, which there's a lot more room to kind of grow and evolve in. Now you were talking about the sales aspect afterwards, but is it easy to bring a film from fruition to A to Z and then have actually viewers to watch it? So there's passive income coming in from that movie, because as you know, Dennis, I mean, we are bombarded with possibilities to watch 
great movies in our living room from Netflix to Hulu to HBO, Disney Plus, and so on and so forth. So what would you speak to that? I think that um, it's content. Everybody watches something different. Every genre got different viewers. You know, of course, you're going to have the people that's going to look at all the big budget movies, right? But it's a small chunk of America and a small chunk of the world that want to watch movies that's about them. Things that they can relate to. Things that they go through in their everyday life. That's kind of why, you know, the reality shows do does so well. Because everybody wants to see that kind of drama. But then if you can make a movie and it could be a love story or just a drama of anything, a scary movie. And they say, wow, this, this happens in my neighborhood. This happens around my friends. Or even to be able to say, damn, my friend is in that movie. Or my friend wrote that movie. You know, it's so many different avenues. Like, you you personally don't know anybody that was on Star Wars. Like, you don't personally know them. Not right? yet. <laughs> but you probably, right, but you would probably personally know somebody that was in the First Lady or He Said, She Said, or Indictment, or Paper Hearts, you know? That's, that's the reality of it. So you have, like, people that's like, damn, these movies are actually pretty good, you know? And don't let the quality be great. Then they really want to see more from you. So it's it's not as hard as it seems. It's just you have to understand that you got to get like Tyler Perry did it best. He said, you know, understand that in America, it may be what, 50 million. Let's just say 50 million. I don't know if that's a lot. It may be 50 million people in America. Right. But I just want my million that's going to support me and love. I don't need 50 million. You know, and that's that is a business model that a lot of great business people do. They understand that they don't need everybody. They just need that one chunk of people that's going to support them and love them. And you could live really well off of it. I love that, Dennis. So essentially what you're talking about is the thousand true fans, which is a very uh, common and spoken about ideology that you just need that thousand true fans that whatever you put out are going to buy and follow. Furthermore, I love the fact that you kind of broke it down to your movies on the aspect of the approachability or the people kind of seeing themselves within the movie compared to like you did the analogy to Star Wars. And when you're looking at it like this, what does it necessarily take from beginning to end financially to bring these movies into play? Because granted, one thing to have the idea, another thing to have the budget. You just showed me right before we recorded the podcast, the set that you're on today. And it's a beautiful property. You have studios, you have the people, you have the lights and so on and so forth. And I'm sure there's a lot of investment even before you see dollars on the back end. So talk to me about that process. And then how do you distribute these great movies in itself? So where do we find your movies? Oh, that's a lot. That's a big question. So yeah. let's start at the beginning, right? <laughs> Um, I look at it like um, you start in small and you try to get big. When I first did my first movie, I spent $10,000. Okay. And when I spent that $10,000, it was basically a crew of my friends. It was basically uh, um, an active staff of my friends. And everybody got paid pennies. We all didn't make a whole lot of money. But what we did was we said, okay, we're going to take this and we're going to find us a small movie theater. And we rented out that movie theater. And when we rented out that movie theater, you know, it had, I remember it had like 700 seats in it. And in our head, we had like 30 people that worked on this movie. 
you know? So we all had to sell 20 tickets for $25. And we did it like twice. And we ended up clearing, I don't remember how much, it was like a little bit over $50,000. Also that cost 10,000. And at that time, it's kind of scary because I went to a distribution company that didn't love me, that didn't respect me, that took my money, you know? And I remember giving it to him, that that, distribu- that distributor. And I think he sent me $5,000. That was it. And I know he made more money off of it, but he, he never paid me no more. So I ended up having to go to court to get my rights back for my movie, right? And... I look back and say, yeah, I wish I had a distributor then that I have now, you know? So now I own a distribution company called Homestead with a guy named Sean Armstrong, Liam Burnett, and uh, Rob Rob Johnson. And we just asked you, it's kind of funny because it just came on the wire today that we partnered with Damon Dash to do um, some distributing for him and, you know, his studios. And it's like, you got to find a distribution company that could get you on like the Tubi's, the IMDb TV's, the, the VMOs, the Voodoo's. But you also got to find a distribution company that's going to love you, that's going to love your project, that's going to, you know, make sure that you get your money, number one. You know, somebody that's transparent. Like if you if you talk to a distributor and they don't want to show you their reports, that's not the distribution company for you. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to find somebody that really, you know, when you transparent, and you telling your people what you do and you showing them your numbers, that made them feel comfortable. You know, anybody could write down numbers and put in and say, hey, you made $10,000 for this quarter. It's another one when you say, hey, here's the report, look at it. You know, and you could go from there. Like, if your movie didn't do that good, how can we make your movie better? How can we get more sales? Well, let's do these Facebook ads. Let's do you know, a word of mouth campaign by emails. Let's do this, you know? And if your movie doing really well and you seeing really good money, you like, damn, my movie doing this? And and then I ask you, what did you do to make your movie do that? And you may tell me, I did a balloon series. of I put a bunch of hot air balloons out and I had my movie name on it. I'm like, damn, we're gonna have to try that, you know? It that's the that's the key, man. Transparency, you know, and finding somebody that just really love your movie. It's just and love you as a person, you know. And I know people are like, well, you love everybody. Yeah. If you go through life knowing that you want somebody to treat you like you treat like you want you want to be able to treat people like that's your mom or your dad. And if you treat everybody like that's your mom and dad, you're going to love them. You're going to respect them. You're going to do a lot more to make them proud of you. And that's like one of the big things that I do with my movies and with my distribution company. Every time I do a movie, I am doing it to make my friends and my family proud of me. I love when my son and my daughter to say, my dad did that movie. And as a distributor, I have this wall in my office. It's called the Millionaire Wall. And in there, I'm able to say, hey, you know, we're going to, we're going to, I want so many people that have their name on this wall to know that I made them millionaires. You know, that's like the big thing that I try to do. And my, one of our, one of our, <laughs> <part> of <KDV. laughs> 
you know, but that's like the big thing. That's what we try to do. We just trying to make millionaires. We try to make people better. We just trying to do the damn thing. We rich. <laughs> <laughs> so you got, you got one of your colleagues in the back saying you're rich. So I mean, he just jumped in the car because I'm in a car. They walk into the RV. They are crazy. <laughs> So here's the thing. I, first of all, I love the energy and like it shows that you guys are having fun doing what you're doing. If not, you wouldn't succeed at it. And Dennis, you highlighted so many things that I just want to highlight. First and foremost, congratulations on making a first movie with 10K and then grossing 50K with a 40K profit just by selling out the stadium, The not the stadium, sorry, the the theater twice, understanding that aspect. So you have a lot of grassroots effort to get these projects up and running until you grow. And you didn't mention finding business partners, producers, uh, and people that are going to get that movie out there that are very authentic and treat them to people that you work with, like your mother and father, which I love that. I want to highlight all that for our audience here. And as we're talking about the filming thing, and we'll kind of come back to that because I do have other questions about the whole filming industry. Let's talk about the entrepreneur world. So now you did mention in the beginning of the call, you have several other businesses and talk to me, is it because you like entrepreneurship or is it stuff that fund your main business, which is the filming? So what's that aspect look like? And what are some of the the businesses that are bringing in so much more for you than others, essentially? It's funny because um, they, they, they don't even really feed off each other anymore. When I um when I first started writing books, I had that's when I opened up my first um mighty wings. I mean mighty sub shop. So when I when I opened up mighty sub, it was something that I knew how to do because my mom and my stepdad had a place called Mr. Steve Sub Shop in Detroit a long time ago, and I had been working there since I was a kid. So I always knew that. And then when you have a father who he did construction, you know, so it was like. I never, I never knew. I never, when I grew up, when I knew when I grew up, I was not going to work for anybody unless mm-hmm. it was family. I never intended on going to work at the plant. I wasn't going to work at Ford or Chrysler or GM. You know, I didn't want to be a lawyer. I didn't want to be a doctor. I I didn't want to be none of those things, right? So I always knew that I didn't want nobody to tell me when I had to wake up. Well, you got to get up at this time, Dennis, and be at the, no, that wasn't going to happen for me, you know? So when I opened up Mighty Sub, um, I wasn't even really thinking about writing movies yet. I was still just thinking about books, but then I had an opportunity to buy a bar. So when I bought the bar, I did that with three partners. I'm always three partnering it up, by the way. I did that with three partners. And then it was like, I started doing plays, so I was doing that. And it was like, okay, I made decent money writing books. Not a lot, but decent. The restaurant was doing really damn well. The bar was doing even better, you know? And that's when I was like, okay, what's next? You know, so now I got two bars and I got a place called Mighty Wing Shop in Detroit, you know? And that's just, it, it's really just for my family. I don't even really step foot in them no more, you know? Like my son and a close friend and the other family member, they do they do Mighty Wing Shop. Actually, we just closed down for two weeks. To, I mean, for three weeks to my um to remodel, so they'll be opening back up next week. And then I open up a bar, a new bar called Comfort Zone, and my dad runs that. 
And, you know, I think that's that's one of the things about that bar. Like, it's like a family feel. Mm-hmm. Everybody call my dad Pops. You know, they're like, what Pops? Hey, how Pops doing? You know, and he loves it. I think that's his second childhood. You know, he's he he get to see all the cute young ladies and then his wife come up there and say, stay away from my husband. <laughs> <laughs> You know, but it, it's like, you know, it, it, it's just a good place, man. My son also works there and he has like four of his friends working there and a lot of other people out the community that we grew up with working there. You know, it's just it's a family spot, man, that just happened to do really, really, really well. So I think when you do right by people, God's going to bless you a certain different kind of way. I love you that. Know? And that's what a lot of people don't understand. You know, like when you genuinely do good by people, you it's like perfect example. You say, I'm going to pay this person $12 an hour and your your place is going to make, shoot, let's just say you pay on $12 an hour and your daily rate is $1,000 that you bring in, right? And then you turn around and you say, you know what? I said, you pay him $12, I'm going to give him $24 an hour. And you're like, well, how can I do it? You're going to be surprised how many more people going to come in there. Because God knows that you're doing good stuff. Yeah. Right? And then you turn around and you notice that that employee is happy at work. And now that employee is bragging about working there. You know, He's bragging about working at Mighty Wing Shop. He's bragging about coming there. Now, guess what he's doing? He bring his friends there. He's telling his parents to come there. All the family coming. Everybody coming there now, right? And what happens? Everybody want to work there because guess what? They know that you're paying them right. You're treating them right. So now that everybody coming there, they word their mouth in everybody else too, you know? So now that your place doing doing $1,000 a day, now it's doing five or $6,000 a day just because you treated somebody right. You know, and that's just, that's the way of life, man. If you ever look at major great companies, you look at like Starbucks, you look at um, Quicken Loans, that's here in Michigan, right? If you know anybody that work in Michigan and they work at, my sister work at Quicken Loans. If I told my sister to leave Quicken Loans to come work for me right now, she's like, no, they treat me too good here. (laughs) And that's how I think, I really think that's why Dennis Reed Productions does so well, because I try to pay everybody more than what they pay other people in Detroit. I have, I try to have a, a great set. So like, I, I have an extra expense of getting this, um, this motor, this mobile home and it's $3,000 for the 11 days that we're here. Right. That's an extra expense that I don't need, but I do it for they could be comfortable. So they could go in there and take a nap or they could go in there and just watch TV, you know, and that's the part that people don't get. And sometimes you don't have it, though. Like if you don't got it, but you know, that's what you're working for. You're going to still find a way maybe not to give them a mobile home, but have a, a room on set that has food, TV and everything for them for they could be comfortable. You know, those are the little things that people remember. They're like, I want to be on that dentist reset, you know, and that's the, that's just important, man. Hospitality, treating employees like they're your family and not your, like they're your workers because they're your family. They, they are your family. If you have a Christmas dinner, you better invite them because they put the food on your table. I love that. Dennis, I mean, you once again, highlighted many things that were really interesting and really things that we should highlight and know about. 
And notably, just the understanding that when you're creating these jobs, these opportunities, and your pops is working, your sister's potentially going to work, your family's there, and so on and so forth, you're creating opportunities for other people. And you said that, you know, God kind of feeds that back to you. So it's this circular way of like, hey, let's create opportunities for people. Let's take care of the people that are working for me. Just like the example you just gave with the trailer. And I love that. And this kind of goes into my next question, Dennis, over here is that I know that you do a lot of philanthropy work in Detroit with kids. Can you please talk to me a bit about that? And why do you do it? And what do you exactly do for that? Well, I used to coach, but now since I can't coach, I like to sponsor everything. You know, so like I went to Henry for high school. If if Coach Flowers called and said they need shoes or need a uniform, I'm giving it. You know, I um when the pandemic happened, they and I uh, when when the pandemic ha- the pandemic happened, they had started shutting down the schools. And us as being in the community, we understand that a lot of kids got their first and second meal from school. Mm-hmm. You know, so. I just told everybody in the city, if you have a, a kid from kindergarten to 12th grade, from 8 to 12, they come eat for free breakfast, you know? And it, it's funny because when I did that, I put in my head that I was going to be spending like $3,000 a day because, you know, if you do pancakes or waffles and sausages or ch- uh, two pieces of chicken, it's like basically maybe like a dollar fifty for me and I knew I wasn't gonna get like a hundred thousand people coming I knew I don't get a couple but what happened was people start calling and said hey um I know that you're giving away food for the kids I just want you to you know charge my car fifty dollars or and other people come in and say hey can I just give ten dollars for it's just our community man yeah you know so I it's like I did that for the kids I do a cold drive with my brother AW Canada um, he owns um, Prime Basketball. It's a training a training facility. So every year we do like turkeys and um, coat drives, and he's really good in the community. Also, that I think that's one of the things that I try to do. I try to hang around like minded people, you know, people that want to do for the community. So we do, you know, coat drives, toy drives, everything, you know, and it it's mainly because I think when when kids know that other people in the community care about them, that stopped them from breaking into other people's houses. Yeah. You know, I have a I have a saying that every kid, every young man, every every young lady that you that you touch, that's one less person that's gonna try to hurt or kill your child. Yeah. You know, and that's very important for me. I love that. I love that, Dennis. And I mean, I command you on that end. I am a huge fan of philanthropy as a business person. I always, always have, obviously I'm I'm a professional peak performance coach and I have always clients that are high end. And I always tell them going to philanthropy, how much you could give if towards your time, money, whatever the case is, you'll be so much more fulfilled and you'll create the next generation of people that will do the same for their generation. So I love that you have that ideology from opening your businesses to just giving back to the kids. So I command you for that. Thank you for, for sharing that. And as we're coming to a closer time here, I just have two more questions that I want to ask you. And the first one is about the Hollywood industry of filming. I want to have your opinion of what is your favorite thing about Hollywood and what is your least favorite thing about Hollywood and the filming industry? Well, I'm not Hollywood yet. I'm so Detroit. (laughs) 
but I mean I'm Hollywood. Sorry. So I mean, like the the movie scene. Yeah, not specifically that place. Outside Detroit. Um, the the one thing that I love about this business is I'm able to see people smile. I'm able to see help people's dreams come true and become an actor, a writer, a producer. That's one of the things I'm doing right now. I'm 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 like basic. The guy that just got in the car his name is KDZ. He's a um a rapper from Detroit. And he is one of the stars on First Lady, right? So I told him, I showed him some numbers of how much one of our movies make. And then I told him how much he made in one of our movies. You know, so we pay him, let's just say per movie, we pay him like $5,000, right? And that movie going to do like $2 million. So my thing is, why are you only settling for 5000 Why aren't you making your own movies? You have a story to tell. And let me show you how to direct. Let me show you how to produce. So he's not even in Paper Hearts. He's here, honestly, to shadow me for he can learn how to do this because he wrote a script. Now that he wrote a script, we're about to start doing his, um, we have cast and call for him on September 18th because it's time for him to do more. That's the part of Hollywood I like. I love being able to help people make this big ass tree I'm making, uh, people that come from Dennis Reproductions and be able that's going to be able to feed their family the right way for a long time. So I'm trying to make directors. I'm trying to make writers. I'm trying to make producers, you know, because that's what the old Hollywood did with their family. And that's why they were so affluent for so long. Right. The thing that I hate about Hollywood is when you have people that don't do what they say they're going to do. You know, when you have distributors, because I got money stolen from me from a company called Distributor, you know, that I had to sue and like end up shutting down their business because they didn't pay me and other filmmakers for our stuff or even having somebody like an Amazon who want to pay you pennies for your movie because you don't have Hollywood celebrities in them. You know, those are the things I don't like, but that's why I love Tubi so much because Tubi, honestly, they give us a platform and they pay us fair. You know, they pay us fair. That's, that's, they understand that I'm taking my money and I'm putting it in this thing. I'm putting it out here and, this could have been my last $10,000 and they paying me fair as long as people watch my movie, you know? So those are the goods and the bads about Hollywood, man. And I'm just hoping and praying that everybody that comes through Dennis Reed Productions, everybody that comes from Homestead Entertainment, I'm hoping that when you walk away from me, you say they made me better. They paid me right. They treated me right. And the net, if, if you don't re-up with me and resign with me on something, you're saying, you're telling somebody like, okay, I coming from this, I'm coming from Dennis Reed, or I'm coming from Homestead, and I know how I'm going to be treated. And if you can't treat me better than them, I don't want to come over here because they treated me like family. You know, and I'm never going to stop somebody from going to get a bigger bag, get the biggest bag you can, right? But you you're not leaving because you're unhappy with payment. You you leaving because you're about to make way more money than I can pay you. And you know what happens then? 
that's when you take me to dinner and I can say, this is on you. <laughs> you made the money you paid for this dinner. You know, that's that is what I'm trying to do with this with this company it. and both of my companies. I love this life, man. Dennis, I mean, everything you're saying is coming down to one thing, which is giving back. Understanding that whatever position you are, you want to teach people. You don't want to just do it and you say, you know, keep the bag for yourself. No, you want to share the wealth. You want to share the knowledge. Just like you're saying to your mentor, that's following you on this uh uh, movie set today. So the last question I have for you, Dennis, I mean, this was a great conversation. Thank you for being here. What is the best way for our community to reach out to you? Maybe some people that want to know more about the filming industry, maybe some people that want to just connect with you and see how they can support you and vice versa. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Dennis Reed, D-E-N-I-S-R-E-E-D. And they got two E's from the second. So it got two, I mean, two I's from the second, right behind the D. So Dennis Reed with two I's. And then you can also um, email me at D-R, the number two, productions, productions with an S on it, 2019 at gmail.com. And I answer all emails. Um, and if you want to be a star, you think that you have what it takes to be in movies, send your headshot, send your resume. And just because you never act, don't mean you ain't have a resume, people. You got to remember that you did go to school. So when I say I need a resume, I'm not just trying to see your acting resume. I want to see that you went to school. Even if your school is high school, that's the last thing you did. That's fine with me. I don't care if you even just graduate from middle school, right? Because if you got talent, it's going to show. And that's all we want. We want new talent. We want new dope people. You might can't afford a professional headshot. Take one with your phone and just make sure that it's cute. <laughs> and, you know, that that's what it's all about, man. We understand that you may not be rich and fam- I mean, rich and come from this big, wealthy family and you want to do this. But guess what? It doesn't matter. We here like we want you. So, you know, find me. Hit me on Instagram, man. Like, I'm always on there. I do a dope thought of the day all the time, you know, and just, you know, I welcome you into my little family. I love that, Dennis. First of all, thank you very much for all of that. Everything you mentioned will be in the show notes below. So thank you for being here and giving us just your love, your passion. It was so obvious and you were so present today. So I really appreciate you being on the show. Thank you so much for having me, man. I really appreciate you. No problem. My pleasure. And, and, and that's how you that's how you interview me. I'm like, I'm quizzing you on first lady. So you better watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Brother, as soon as it's ready, let me know where I could go watch it and we'll run this back and I'll a hundred percent tell you my opinion on the movie and so on and so forth. Cause I definitely do appreciate the movie world and so on. So I appreciate that, Dennis. Christopher Dedian here. Thank you so much for listening to the Peak Performance Fitness Show. If you're a successful entrepreneur or entrepreneur who would like to be on this program, please visit our website at peakperformancegreatness.com. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot of your phone, text it to a friend, or post it on the socials. If you know somebody that could be a great guest, please tag them on social media to let them know about this program and don't forget to include the hashtag Peak Performance Fitness. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We regularly put out new episodes and content. To make sure that you don't miss any episode, go ahead and click that subscribe button. Your thumbs up, rating, and review go a long way to help us promote this show and it would mean a lot to me as well as my team. 
You want to know more? Go ahead and visit our website at peakperformancegreatness.com or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, or my YouTube channel at Christopher Didier. Thank you for listening. We will see you next time. Have a blessed and grateful day.